Hello and welcome to The Kurt Locker, a podcast where we chronologically step through and discuss each film starring Kurt Russell. My name is Andrew Gormley, and I am one of your hosts. I am joined on this episode by my co-host. She has noticed the older you get, the smaller you become. Whitney Nelson. Mm-hmm. It's true. Hello. I'm here. Good day. <laughs> Not a... Not a lot of memorable lines from this one, so I had to. It was no. like a beggars can't be choosers situation for me here. Yeah. Uh, but that one stood out. So there you go. Usually I'm picking from a list here. Not 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 so with the mean season. Not so. Mm-hmm. Whitney. Yeah. Let me not be the the first, but uh, just one of many to publicly uh, congratulate you on on the acquisition of gainful employment. This is very exciting <laughs> for you. Your girl's solvent or very will good, be very soon. Good. I should correct. I will be solvent soon. I am not solvent yet. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, that's good. You're feeling good. Hyped. Things. Everything's coming up Millhouse. Yeah? It is. It is all coming up Millhouse. And I couldn't be more pleased. It's incredible. I'm really happy for you. This is going to be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is going to be good. Money. I could go get a haircut. What? <laughs> haircut. That's for people who actually go outside. Get out of here with that business. I've I've been doing my own haircuts for a year and a half now, and I think probably it's time to get a professional in- intervening. Things have gone a little off the rails as far as my hair. There's always room for a little course. You just do a little course correction, and you're good to go. Well, good to I go. can't see the back of my own head, you know, and I try, but it's hard. I just need someone to be like, okay, I'll fix the back and then we're good. Yeah. If you've ever seen me, I mean, I also cut my own hair, but it's a much simpler situation mm-hmm. because <laughs> it is non-existent. So it's just a buzz uh-huh. until it is gone, until I feel yep. no rough patches anymore. So, mm-hmm. <sighs> all right. I'm excited to get into this one because I I, uh, I have a feeling, I have a sneaking suspicion. I don't know. I, I actually, I have no I, we I have, we have not usually we we give hints or make <laughs> you know small comments in the chat. We have not talked about this previously to now. So yeah, it's going to be everything gonna you be have as a suspicion is purely a hunch. It's <laughs> it is very suspicious. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> let me knock out the the early stuff here. So. Um, Oh, this housekeeping, let's get it done. Uh, as always, I want to mention you can find this and all of our other podcasts at 12and24.com. Uh, you can email us, KurtLockerPod at gmail.com, or hit us up on Twitter at KurtLockerPod. We, uh, I don't know if I mentioned this in the notes here, but uh, we have a shop. If you go to 12and24.com, that's 12and24.com, uh, there is now a Kurt Russell shirt. It is very simple, it is delightful. Orders have gone out to maybe some people here on the podcast, maybe some listeners. So I'm just what? waiting for all that to what? ship. When you get them, post pictures of yourself wearing these incredible shirts, and we'll uh, <laughs> I'll retweet you or we'll put in the Discord or whatever. It'll be great. Yeah. Speaking of emails, Whitney, we have one from listener mm-hmm. Paul. Paul writes, "Love your podcast. It's very entertaining. The banter about Kurt Russell movies and between you." as hosts and guests, is magnificent. All right. Ooh. All right. Thanks, Paul. Have a small correction I would like to throw out there. 
He's gonna he's gonna correct you in a moment, but this is okay. I think it's yeah. fine. No. Yes. Uh, Whitney mentioned on the podcast about Fool's Parade, indicating that movie was that movie was Jimmy Stewart's final big screen appearance. He appeared in at least five more theatrical releases up to 1980, and actually made a number of TV movies as well up to the late 80s. His final gig was voicing a character in the animated movie, An American Tale, Fievel Goes West, which I think we touched on maybe in our Fox and mm-hmm. the Hound episode. Anyway, just making a comment. Potentially. I don't know. I'm very into the Fievel movies, or was. I'm not currently very into the Fievel movies. That would be a weird thing to be really into right now in the year of our Lord 2021. (laughs) It's a a ways out from the Fievel films, but hey. Yeah. But I did enjoy the Fievel films quite a bit. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Paul wraps up again. Your podcast is great. Keep it up. Best regards, Paul. Paul, thank yeah, you. Best regards back to you, Paul. Paul, uh, I had Paul runs a, a a studio. I had checked out some of his work. Pretty cool, Paul. If you want to join the Discord, please go ahead and do that. Speaking of which, you can join us on Discord and chat in real time at twelve and twenty four slash Discord. It's a nice welcome distraction. We stream the show live in here. We're often in here chatting and doing all sorts of things. It's great. It's great. We talk about other movies that don't have Kurt Russell in them sometimes. Yeah, I think, I think pretty well. Yeah, I, we have the. You can get the, the you can get cool Claire's breeze. parents' feedback in real time. In real time, as they like as literally they're as they're it. watching it. Yeah, it's great. It's pretty incredible. It's pretty incredible. So if you're as big a fan of Claire's parents as I am, you might want to get as in the as this whole show. <laughs> really, this show has just become a Claire's Parents fan club. It really has. It's kind of a weird... <laughs> isn't it weird how sh- like we've adopted this? Uh, like, if you dropped in to, I don't know, like The Thing, right? Mm-hmm. As your first episode, or any any episode here forward, it's like we list the, the critical, the audience, and then Claire's Parents. Claire's and Parents, yeah. None of... None of us are Claire. It's not you. You're not Claire. I'm not Claire. I'm not. Who Claire, are these no. people? They've they, they've become part of the zeitgeist of this podcast, <laughs> which is pretty incredible. It is. I love it. <laughs> so, um, I just, rate and review the show. Give us five stars. It would be great. That's just a free way to help out. You don't have to do anything else. At the very minimum, if you're on iTunes, just hit the five star button. You don't have to write anything. If you do, we'll read it. Otherwise, forget about it. It's great. Here we go. Okay. It's just you and I, Whitney. Do you Mm -hmm. mind if I just really quickly run us through the synopsis here? Go for it. Knock it out. Today, we are talking about the 1985 film, The Mean Season. I don't want to see my name in the paper next to pictures of dead bodies anymore. Reporters report, which happens to be the one thing you do really well. Anderson. It was me. I killed her. A situation has developed where a reporter is materially involved in the story he's covering. When he calls again, it'll be to tell you he's killed somebody else. I'm locked into this thing. It's turned into a collaboration. It's a lot easier to find a victim than it is a listener. The plot synopsis from IMDb is... When a teenager is shot at the beach, 
A journalist from the Miami Journal is sent to cover the story. He's called by the murderer and told there will be four more. Okay. <laughs> this movie was written by Christopher Crowe, based on a novel by John Katzenbach. It was directed by Philip Borsos. Co-starring alongside Kurt R. Marielle Hemingway, a trio of Richards in Jordan, Mazur, and Bradford, Joey Pants himself, and dare I say a dashing, a dashing Andy Garcia. A wee baby Andy Garcia. Just a just a, a, a rosy-cheeked youth, Andy Garcia. <laughs> I, I will say, not, not, not to like bury, but like, I did not even like connect. I saw his name in the opening credits, did not connect that that was him until about 15 minutes into the film. I'm like, oh my God. It took God. a few seconds for it to sink in to be like, oh wait, that's Andy Garcia. Yeah, I only know old so Andy youthful. Garcia, you know? St still <laughs> playing, you know, the same guy. It's still same very guy. much cool guy Andy Garcia with yeah, his cigarettes and his Cuban coffee. And his impeccable dress, his impeccable attire. Mm -hmm. That pose when they're on the the uh, fan boat, when he's like <laughs> oh, in his yes. blazer and his pose, and he's like, I'm cool guy Andy Garcia. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Behold. <laughs> <laughs> what do the, the critics and audiences have to say about uh, the mean season? So we have a critical score. This is a, a pretty interesting combo here. We have a critical score of 60% for the mean season on Rotten Tomatoes. We have an mm. audience score of 31%. Audiences do not feel the same way about this as critics do. Critics are like, yeah, this is passable. Audiences are like, it is not. Catherine Rambo of the... Div Detroit Free Press gave it six out of ten stars and says the mean season often has a scary, unbalanced heat that makes it fascinating. Uh, mm. Rotten Tomatoes user S. Mitchell gave it three out of ten stars and says the script has all the usual predictable plot devices that are supposed to lead us to the big, quote, surprise ending. Russell is very good here, as is Richard Jordan, who plays the killer. And in the end, these performances are the only reason to stay with it. Huh. Okay. okay. And now, listener Claire's parents say, oh, we were go. not impressed by the editing and the cinematography. It looked like pre-Eisenberg Disney. Wow. Claire's mom says, I guessed the ending. It went downhill after the opening credits, <laughs> and except that swagger, there was nothing interesting about it. That said, it's never a waste of time to watch those nice eyes and that Kurt is a great actor and the only movie she hasn't made it through so far is Mosby's Marauders. I want credit for watching the whole thing all the way down to where it says Lucasfilm. Credit awarded, Claire's mom. Yes, credit, credit awarded. Credit due. And Claire's dad says, that ending is the oldest trick in the book. It tried too hard to be classic noir and was not playing in the same league as Fatal Attraction made two years later. Huh. Mm -hmm. Do you th do you think this was trying to be noir? Um, 
I mean, without tipping my hand too early, I don't think this movie tried at anything. <laughs> Here's. I think this was about as rote and standard as you can get for a crime movie. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Let's go. Dive in. <laughs> what, what are we doing here? Uh, it was unbearably average. It was not bad. It was, you know, the performances did definitely pull it through. I agree with the Rotten Tomatoes user. I think that Kurt Russell and Richard Jordan make it work because they're fun to watch. And Andy Garcia is great in it, too. And little yeah. Joey Pants is a photographer. Um, but it, not one thing is ever something I haven't seen before. Mm -hmm. Um, not one thing in this is, took me by surprise. Like everyone's talking about surprise ending. I didn't even know it was supposed to be a surprise ending. Like (laughs) obviously they find spoilers. They find the killer's body in the swamp. Yeah. But obviously the movie's not over. So the killer's not dead. And it doesn't matter what kind of movie you're watching, when the movie ends when the killer dies, or doesn't die. But, like, if you still have 20 minutes of movie left, and this is potentially something that, like, if I had seen it at the time in the theater, I would have been like, oh, the movie's over now. But as it is, and I'm watching it online, I I see a runtime of, you know, 20 minutes plus credits, and I'm like, (laughs) the movie's not Uh done. I didn't even for one second think that he was really dead. Um, Even though there is a body and the police are like, let's get him wrapped up. I was like, it's not over. If it's an Um, off-screen death, you can't can't believe it. Can't believe it. Yeah. I mean, you can't even believe on-screen deaths, but like, especially (laughs) when it's an off-screen death. Any thriller ever or horror or anything where there's a killer, the killer doesn't die. The first time, the killer literally always comes back for a second, like, you know. Yeah. It's got to have that surprise, that surprise at the end. So the, I felt this movie felt very 70s, which is weird because it was made in 85. Mm. Um, It had a very 70s feel to me. And I think part of that was the score, which, by the way, is the best part of this movie. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad the score's you incredible. Did you know? Do you know who did the score? Uh, I can't pronounce his name, but Lalo Schifrin. Uh, Schifrin, yes. Yeah. Uh, I I noticed that as soon as uh, it was on the. It, it's like pretty prominently placed in the opening title sequence. Yeah, he is the guy who wrote the Mission Impossible theme song. Yeah, so. Uh, if you think it like he also like, did all the music you... for Rush Hour movies, if that does yes. anything for you, <laughs> yeah. So if you thought it was like noir, uh, it's probably because of Mr. Schifrin here. He's got a yeah. he does he definitely has a style. Yeah, but it's got a very s- sort of jazzy thriller kind of. Vibe. Anyway, the score is incredible. Yeah. Um, the best part of the movie by far, as far as like technically speaking. Um, but I do think that it made it feel a little bit more 
late 70s and it did mid 80s. Yeah. And I don't know, just nothing in it was super notable to me. It was, I wasn't bored necessarily, but it was just so average. I was like, I'm not going to have anything to, this is going to be a really short episode because I have nothing to say. It was fine. (laughs) It's going to be an especially short episode also because there is no deep dive and I didn't feel like writing one. So (laughs) on Wikipedia, it's literally like three sentences and I'll read those It's basically the IMDb summary. Pretty much. Pretty much. We're not going to step through this. We could talk about specific points if you had any, but for the most part, this is going to be, you know, (laughs) over Mm -hmm. pretty quickly. Yeah. I had a hard time. I was trying to place some of the big movies that are in this. The the reporter serial killer like relationship is something that I have seen a hundred thousand times, mm. and this didn't do anything new. But I have a hard time mentally placing this in the timeline of those movies and how early it was. Like maybe they were the first to do some of these things, but mm. to me, it's literally. It's like reading a romance novel or something where they're all just mass all, produced and you expect yeah. what's coming and you get what you signed up for, but you don't get anything more than that. Um, yeah. And I don't know if that's because a bunch of movies since have done the same thing as this did, or if this is just kind of by the book for many years, like 60s and 70s movies about serial killers were all the same as well. I don't know. Um but I will just say that, like, it's a great, if you're, like, hungover on a Sunday afternoon <laughs> and you don't want anything that's going to test your brain power, uh-huh. but you don't want to watch something you've seen before, if you're in that middle ground of, like, I don't, I w- don't want to watch something I've seen before, but I don't want anything that takes any brain power this is a great movie for that kind of a situation. Other than that, I don't really see any reason why anyone should seek it out. That's uh, a truly incredible uh, scenario that you have presented there. Well done. Well done. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> I, um, I, I think I'm probably close to your level, but I was a little bit warmer on this one. Mm-hmm. For me, I enjoyed my time with this. And I'll never watch it again. I didn't pick up my phone once. And I think that that says a lot. Like, I may be talking kind of down on it. But, like, there's better movies that I have seen that I had parts where I was like, I'm going to pick up my phone and scroll through Facebook during this part. And I didn't during this movie at all. So it captured my attention enough to not look at Facebook while it was going. And that definitely says something. Yeah, that's that's true. Like, I'm, I'm never... I'm never coming back to this one. Like, mm-hmm. it's just not going to happen. But I am I'm actually kind of glad that I had not read Claire's parents' review before mm-hmm. I watched it. Because, well, for one, I think it's a little, uh, it might be a little unfair to compare this to Fatal Attraction, which is an, it's an excellent film, Fatal yeah. Attraction. <laughs> this reminded me of the 1986 film Manhunter, which was based off of the Red Dragon book uh, by Thomas Harris. Mm -hmm. The tropes in Manhunter are like, they are identical. Like what you said, it's tropes all the way down. Yeah. Pulling someone who's retired back for one last job, an unlikely bond developing, 
someone's significant other is put in danger. The twist at the end. It's all there. Yeah. The the Manhunter was like, okay, in my like, I've seen, you know, I've seen that maybe once, maybe twice. But like the 2002 movie Red Dragon is like one Mm -hmm. of my favorite at least of the Hannibal Lecter films, I, that might be my top of, of oh, all Oh, interesting. Okay. And then the show Hannibal also did the Red Dragon run. And yeah. that was incredible, too. Like, I just really like that. Um, I, I don't know. For whatever reason, I'm drawn to that. Mm-hmm. So the mean season never gets close to the heights of any of those. Like, it's the, <laughs> it never gets to Red Dragon levels. Mm-hmm. But I do like... I think those tropes are what I enjoy about it. You yeah. have, in addition to Red Dragon, you have uh, something like Seven or Michael Mann's Thief, like this one last job uh, trope. For Maybe sure. Even- and I mean, like I said, any as long as we've had serial killers, we've had stories about serial killers who like need validation. And so they form a bond with either a cop or a reporter. Yeah. And that is... Always interesting to me. I'm, I've always been, you know, one of those. I'm not one of those true crime girls, which no Thank shade God. on true crime girls. But <laughs> I've definitely always been a serial killer. Psychology is fascinating and I want to see stories about serial killers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I- yeah, it's it's there's nothing in this relationship that isn't something that we've seen in other stories of serial killers needing recognition and therefore reaching out to cops or reporters or whoever to like tease things along and feel like they're getting the credit for the things that they're doing. Oh yeah, absolutely. I I don't know about you. I definitely got vibes of the watcher with Keanu Mm -hmm. Reeves and James Spader Mm -hmm. in this too. And it gave me actually a newfound appreciation. I, I, I don't think we were too hard on the watcher to begin with. I mean, it's like no. A, we we liked it more than the average person does yeah. for sure. We we definitely came down in favor of the Watcher in Cool Breeze Over the Mountains, but I think that that had that took more chances than this movie it did. did. I don't think this movie took any chances. That's true. Yeah, this was this was very very vanilla, right? All things mm-hmm. considered, e- even though this is an R-rated movie, there was not really. I mean, the, the gore in this, considering it's about a man killing of like a bunch of people, was pretty minimal overall. There was like, almost no gore. Yeah. There was some blood, but blood, and that's it, really. That's about it. Every everyone else was like, like the old couple. We saw that's their it. bodies. Yeah, and there's but blood they on weren't the room. even. Yeah, there's blood all over the room, but like. The teenager and the mother, you only see a body covered in a blanket. Correct. Yeah. And the, yeah. And the other people are, I think they're just mentioned. They're like, oh, we found another one or, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's fine. The, I think what you said is true. Like the, the relationship, how do I say this? Okay. There are several great ideas here. So like, if you like the idea of like a killer reaching out to a reporter Go watch Zodiac, <laughs> right? Yeah. If you like the idea of the relationship between people who write the news and their subjects and like that, like how blurry that line can be sometimes, mm-hmm. go watch Nightcrawler with Jake Gyllenhaal. 
Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that's uh, so good. Yeah, like I there love are Nightcrawler. so there are so many great ideas here that just go unexplored. Like maybe at the time, because I don't know when this book was written relative to when this movie was made. Mm-hmm. Maybe at the time this was like a groundbreaking thing. I don't I don't know the context of that's it. That's what I was saying of like the timeline of movies like this. I really can't place where it falls. Right. That's the tough part. Is like, did this start it or was this just like coasting on something that existed? I mean, I think it was coasting on something that existed because like Jack the Ripper happened a long time before this movie came out. And that was (laughs) one of those situations. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like we've had fascinations with serial killers and serial killers relationship to other people and like why they're doing what they're doing and what they're doing it for. For way longer than we've had movies, even. So I don't think that this is, like, a groundbreaking movie at the time. But I could be wrong. This could be one of the first times we've seen it in film in this way. I just don't think so. I just don't think that this movie reached any new ground. Yeah. That's that's what it feels like. It did the, the like... It covered regular ground just fine. <laughs> adequately. <laughs> Yeah. Regular ground was, it had that. It had that. It had regular ground. There is no new ground. (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and agree with you and say the performances are truly what pull you through this movie. Mm -hmm. Not, Not to the degree that maybe swing shift was where f- for me swing shift it was it rested solely on the performances this yeah, one yeah i think this had one this one had a little more flavor just yeah uh, you know contextually it had more flavor of in the story but i do think that what made this movie why i never once picked up my phone was the performances that's true that's true i wish that they there were a couple times where it looked like they were they were trying something visually, and mm-hmm. I liked it. I guess the the big image that stuck out to me was it, it, there was a the killer was describing killing the old couple, and he yeah. puts a gun up to a pillow and he shoots them or whatever. Yeah, and but, then and the, then there's like, this scene of all these from feathers. the pillow oh, floats through the air. That was really something I've never quite. I mean. We've seen things like that before, but it, like falling snow or ash or whatever you wanted to call it, like you're like, I wish they had tried more stuff like that to mm-hmm. like, you know, dress it up. Mm-hmm. But uh, so the performances are great for me. Uh, the standouts, Andy Garcia, mm-hmm. really, really spectacular, and he then did Richard a very Jordan. good job and was very cool. He was. I, I was like, that's a all right. That's cool. Mm-hmm. That's a it's a good detective role for him. Uh, and then Richard Jordan, he, yes. who is the killer, but his performance of the disabled veteran the, like, was the, the thing. The like, shape-shifting that he did yes. in this movie was very, very good. Also, he's very good at being sweaty. <laughs> he's extremely good at being sweaty. Almost all of the shots of him are like extreme close-ups on a very small part of his face while he's on the phone that like obscure what he actually looks like and he's sweaty in all of those and when he's the disabled vet he's very sweaty like dripping sweaty and then he's sweaty when he's kidnapping the girlfriend and like just he's just always sweaty and he's he does a good job of making it look like 
he's a sweaty guy. And I, maybe he is a sweaty guy. Maybe that was not someone with a Mr. Bottle coming in between takes. Maybe he was just excreting that much liquid. Yeah, it's in Miami in the summer. It could be. It could be. He was like, I don't, why did I sign up for this? Mm-hmm. This is terrible. But I mean, up until that scene in the Everglades, Kurt Russell was powder dry. He was. Cool as a cucumber. Yeah. Couldn't be bothered with all that sweating business. Until his girlfriend is kidnapped. Then it's just pedal to the metal, running, jumping he over runs so a bridge. fast in this movie. Yeah. When he jumped was, over the bridge? Yeah. That was incredible. I was very impressed by the physicality of that like chase scene where he's running to the school. Because I feel like so much of it these days, not that actors aren't in shape these days because they're more in shape now than they were in 85, just as a general rule. But like, oh, yeah. I feel like there's so much editing around the physical performances. There were very long takes of Kurt Russell just running flat out full speed, not edited around. And it was just like, he's working very hard for this scene. He is. Yeah, it was it was nice. Mm-hmm. I will say it's also pretty funny. Just as like an observation that I had earlier in the movie when they were like in like in the courtroom, like the courthouse, I guess, or whatever. And Mm -hmm. everyone's wearing leather shoes. So they're slipping all over the place. It was pretty funny. Like (laughs) Kurt Russell almost ate shit like two or three times. Yeah. It was pretty great. Yeah. The only other thing I'll I'll just back up your point and say that the the score was the score is truly something else. The very it's like sufficiently creepy. The opening scene of this movie, straight up horror movie music, right? Mm-hmm. Like I didn't, re- no, they I didn't know what I was getting into. Set it up as a horror movie in the very first, like, and then they're like, "No, this is a Watergate type movie." Yeah, but that's after they <laughs> set it up as a straight up horror. It was like Halloween, Friday the Thirteenth kind of vibe at the very, very beginning. <laughs> Yeah, very screechy, you yeah. know, and then tr- un- unexpected, like, trumpet blasts, like, vroom, and you're like, what's, what's happening here? I don't know. But, yeah, overall, despite being a little confusing in the opening moments, very, uh, very cool score overall. I, I dug it a lot. Mm-hmm. And then I think we'll just touch on this briefly. I, I think Kurt did a really good job. It was a an interesting kind of uh, slide for him mm-hmm. to like, per, like seeming to be out, right, and mm-hmm. then backsliding back in. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I like the, I like that progression. I thought it was very good. Him kind of unraveling was was cool to see. They made a few things more overt than I think they needed to for the audience. Like there were multiple times where characters said something that was like subtext that had already been given, um, yeah. but like. When Kurt Russell has the sort of this is Pulitzer Prize worthy, you see it happen in his character silently way before the character's like, you might get the Pulitzer for this. Like you see him being drawn back in and that sort of internal dialogue without hearing any of the internal dialogue. And I think Kurt Russell did a good job with that. Yeah, I I thought that was great. The 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 relationship. I think Marielle Hemingway, did I get mm-hmm. that right? I think so. She she did a pretty, uh, I think she was given the least to do and was able to do some interesting, make some good choices despite give, being I given agree. Her, literally almost nothing. Her character nothing. as written is terrible. 
I think the fact that she had anything compelling at all is all her hard work and not the movie. Um, her her part is just shitty. Like, it's just not a good role. There's no character development. There's no, like, over the course of time, we are more focused on Kurt Russell and him getting pulled back in when he's mm-hmm. trying to be out. And, and so she just kind of, like, goes through about three stages of wanting to leave him, but it seems very sudden because of the way that the script is following him the whole time, and we don't see the sort of drifting apart as much as they suggest is happening. Um, And all of it, like I said, there's no, like, subtext or anything for her character. It's all very flatly written on paper, and they just didn't give her anything to do. I think her performance is incredibly impressive considering how little there was for her for her character in the story. It was so tertiary and it was so clear that they were going to fridge her. Yeah, that I mean <laughs> because she was so everyone else had so much more to do and she did not that it was like obvious that the only reason she was there was to compel Kurt Russell to solve this crime. Yeah, and also, early in the movie, they had established, like, uh, the killer figures out her identity, like, his identity and by proxy hers, or, like, v- however that works, right? Like, that he gets his Very phone number. On, yeah. And then Kurt's like, we're going to have an armed guard on her 24-7. It's like, no, you didn't. You actually didn't, because <laughs> it's just... Mm-hmm. I feel like steps could have been taken there, too. There could have been mm-hmm. a lot more interesting stuff with the relationship, but they yeah. were just, maybe in the book it's better. I I mean, I don't know. I would assume. That seems like one of those things that you cut down on for time. Yeah. There could have been, it's hard to say, but despite all the negativity in terms of what they gave her to do. I think she did a great job. So there is that. Yeah, no, as an actress, I think she she uh, succeeded. Yeah, held her own. Very and, well. Uh, I just don't think that she was given anything. Whitney, we have a surprise. Yes. I don't know if you're seeing this. Oh, no, what? We have a surprise. Lane Train, you're on the air. What? What? <laughs> I, what? I love it. I love it. You know, a lot to talk about. Uh-huh. I, I first thing, I I agree with you guys on this. It is very well done. Uh-huh. Uh, I think it comes with Andy Garcia, Kurt Russell, and the bad guy really having a great running perform. Uh, you know, a great performance in this movie. I think they really take their roles and step it up, and they make the movie. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I know I have a cult following with this movie because I first seen it actually in college. I am a, a communications major, and one of my professors actually recommended this to me. So I have a cult following. I would, you know, the only thing I disagree with, even though I do have the cult following, is that swing shift, you know, you really didn't see that done that much yeah i i mean they had i think more better actors in that movie and i agree the acting you only had but it was nice to see that kind of the war the war world war ii was done a million times and yeah but you really didn't see what was done on the home front that's why 
think that movie's just a smidge better than this one, but I thought, you know, overall, I did like this one um, about, I would say, a little less you know, with, the, with the cult following. And I will say, I am liking, when I found out this show, uh, you were Aaron today, I, I was watching, listening to Cool Breeze Over the Mountain. I'm Look at you. Look at you. You're all in. Super fan lane train. You're all in. Now, Love it. Now, I will say this. I just wanted to say because I, I know you guys are going to, my points will go down for saying, oh boy. saying this. I'm bracing myself. I I did love Babes in Toyland. I <laughs> I don't think I, that movie is not as bad as you guys are making out. Lane Train, uh, I just got to say, out of yeah. every single Keanu Reeves movie you could have had a hot take on. That was the last literally one, the last that one that I would have expected. Yes. Yep. I was waiting for Anything. like the Watcher or something like that, but no, Babes in Toyland. Wild. I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> Young Blood. I I love the movie, he, but I agree he didn't have much of a part. Sure, so that's really not. I mean, if if we were doing a Rob Lowe, uh, Patrick Swayze, that that's more those two. Absolutely. So you really can't count that that one. But you know. I, I, I'm loving the podcast, and you know I'm gonna tell you I got I got I got you guys another follow. Is that is that right? On which one? Both or or yeah. or just uh, just Kurt? Actually, she's my my mom. Actually, <laughs> she we got more moms. She, she's I, I she loves her like one of her favorite movies is something's mm-hmm. got to give. She loves that. There you go. It's a great mm-hmm. one. Right when I told her about that, she's like, I got, I, I got an over fanboy on these guys. <laughs> Mama Lane Train <laughs> in the house. But I, I, I wanted to, I wanted to put that out there, but I thought I, you know, I had to chime in. I know Claire App, she's, she's losing a little focus. She's not in on <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shots fired. <laughs> shit together for most of it. Uh, I, I, had to, I had to say that, you know, this is a good movie, and you know, I, for the most part, I agree with him uh, on this one. Perfect. Awesome. Thanks, Lane Train. We love it. Um, we're g- <laughs> Thanks for getting your mom into Cool Breeze Over the Mountains. <laughs> thanks for... Oh, thanks for all of it. Uh, I, I love a Lane Train hot take. <laughs> I'm crying. I'm crying. I think I'm Whitney. My memory is not great. I believe we eviscerated Uh that movie. If I had to, if you asked me how we felt about Babes in Toyland, I'm pretty sure. Oh, I believe we did eviscerate it because it's insane. That was with uh, Mac and Maud. I believe, right? That was uh, that was like a crossover episode that we had. Yes, it was. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. That's fun. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. <laughs> I, I did have um, a quick question for you, though. Mm-hmm. A brief moment of <laughs> is he hot in this one? <laughs> if you just want to know what movies is he pretty in. That's a heavy burden for me alone to bear. 
Maybe just his character in the last one bugged me enough that I didn't think he was as dreamy. <laughs> He's very dreamy in this film. Is he hot in this one? Ooh, pressure's on, Whitney. What do you got? Uh, qualified yes. Okay, a qualified yes. Please do tell. I think this is significantly less attractive, Kurt, than the last couple of movies that we've had. Uh, however, mm. when he wears the jeans in this movie, those tight 80s jeans, yeah. uh, I'm back in. And that's not till <laughs> later in the movie after Christine is kidnapped that he yeah. goes more casual. He's not unattractive. I don't think we're going to have a one where it's just like, no, he looks like hot garbage because okay. it's Kurt Russell. We're not, that's not like how it's going to go down. I yeah. do think that this is closer to a no than a yes overall for me until the end of the movie when I think his hair gets a little bit more unruly and he puts on the tight jeans. Mm. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. I, yeah. I like his butt. <laughs> Glasses on, glasses off in this one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which one? Which, do you have a preference? <laughs> yes. yes. I was like, glasses on, yes. glasses off. You're like, yes. Correct. <laughs> yep. Does uh-huh. it matter? Does it matter? No, no. The glasses didn't do it for me as much in this one as they did in Swing Shift. Got it. Um, okay. Okay. I do still like him in glasses, but I think overall... it. It really wasn't until he got a little bit unhinged because of his girlfriend being kidnapped that he really kind of tipped into a yes. For most yeah. of it, I was like, yeah, he's fine. He's attractive, but it's not like he's like not hot to me in this one until he gets a little bit more unraveled. And then, yes. Yeah, I would tend to agree with you that the there are... It, there are two Kurtz in this movie, mm-hmm. and the one that happens in the third act is the hotter of the two Kurtz. But you know, he made he made a good uh, reporter, like a you know just somebody coming in and doing his job yeah. or whatever. Yeah, so. I I don't love the the stubble in this one, the which stubble. I found interesting because usually I yeah. like stubble. Usually stubble is like my thing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but. It didn't work for me as well on Kurt Russell in this movie. I don't know. I can't explain it. I just tell you what I see. It's just feelings. That's all we yep. need. It's just the, Whitney's thoughts and feelings. Whitney's feelings. <laughs> I love it. As always, it's a, it's a yes, right? Yes. Don't we? I'm, I feel like we had like one said, that was I a no. But we it was, did. It was one of the Dexter Riley ones. In yeah, it. It just because he was a, being a shithead. <laughs> The, probably the second or one. Or no, though. it was the monkey one, maybe. The monkey one, yeah. And he was not, I mean, he was not, that was not his finest hour as an no. actor either, so. No. So, yeah. yeah. I I don't, it's never, like I said, I'm never going to be like, I would never kick him out of bed for eating crackers <laughs> in any movie. But, like, there are times where he shines a little brighter and this is not one of them. Got it. Understood. Understood. Uh, that's great. Once again, we got to the bottom of it. People will be happy. Uh, it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. You, love, you love to see it. You love to mm-hmm. see it. Now, uh, we're going to do a capitalism. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do this it's really quickly. This 
I will say that what I'm about to read about Skillshare is going to be longer than the deep dive we do. I just, (laughs) this is just the way it goes for this movie. But again, if you've seen Zodiac, if you've seen Red Dragon or Seven or any of those films, you've basically seen this movie. Like there's, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's it. That's, I guess, Fatal Attraction also. If you've seen those, you've seen this movie. Let's talk about Skillshare. Up top, I want to say 12and24.com slash Skillshare. You go there, what happens? You can learn anything, basically. Mm-hmm. Can we can we talk about how I'm signing up for Skillshare this week to bone up because I've been out of the game for a year and a half and I'm uh, my role as a digital marketing strategist is about <gasps> to be tested. Um, so I'm going to spend the next week doing homework and taking as many classes as I can on Skillshare uh, just to re re familiarize myself with the job description before I get back into it. A digital marketer. I have just a kind of a broad strokes view of what that job entails. What is it? Like, what do you, what, what's your day look like when you do that? I mean, it's a little bit different. It's going to be different for every agency, but it's, uh, you know, it's going to be going in. I'm going to do uh, quite a bit of Google Ads refreshing. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's Google Ads stuff on Skillshare. Yeah. Um, content strategy, um, analytics, digging into oh, analytics and using go. that to drive future strategies. Um, mm-hmm. That's all stuff that I've done before. But again, I've been out of the game for more than a year now. It's good to go into a new job with a refresh and Skillshare has all the stuff. So I'm actually uh, I'm signing up tomorrow for Skillshare to do my homework this week before I start at the new job. Oh, this is lovely. Well, if you sign up with our link, <laughs> I will. <laughs> I, mean, I will definitely you sign get up a with our link for free. So there yeah. you go. And they have 38,000 classes. So if you're a digital marketer, you're probably covered at least on a portion of your job. Oh, I'm sure quite a few things of the job are going to be there. I'm sure digital strategy in general is on there. I know Google Ads is on there. I know diving into analytics and not just like seeing the numbers, but figuring out what the numbers mean and how to use those numbers. All that stuff is going to be on there. Yeah, they the, the thing, I, I mean, I vouch for it because I'm a student and a, and a teacher, so I've, I have seen both sides of the coin. But the cool thing is, though, is like you can go and you can learn hard skills or soft skills, which is mm-hmm. weird to say, like a soft skill of like, m- like becoming a better manager or public yep. speaking or interpersonal relationships, like all of those things. You'd be like, ah, can you watch a video and learn that stuff? And it kind of turns out like, yeah, you can. You totally can. Yep. I've met and talked with uh, quite a number of teachers on Skillshare. And they're all people that do the thing and they Mm -hmm. love what they do. I kind of balk at the idea of it, the old, the old adage where those who can't do teach, I think Mm -hmm. those who do are the best teachers, (laughs) you know, like that's, that's basically how it goes. I've people who don't practice. Why would I want to learn from you? It doesn't make any sense. I don't want to learn theory. Tell me what you know. Anyway, get a free month trial of people telling you what they know. And then, yeah. And then it's $15 a month, month to month after that. That's it. And, yeah. 12and24.com slash Skillshare. Do it. Join me. Join next Whitney. Week can be a, next week could be our homework week for you all of You can follow us. Whitney. When she signs up, you can find and follow her on Skillshare. And you can keep Wait, e- you can keep do each that? Other- yeah, you can keep each other accountable. You can check in, and it's pretty cool. Nice. It, it actually is like a great little network. So I I'll, love I'll the definitely follow you. Aspect of that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 
uh, and then you, we could see it's pretty cool. Like if you post, if if the class gives you an assignment and you post your work, you could choose to make that public for your followers to see, so they can follow your work too. So like, oh, cool. It's a it's it's they've built something pretty spectacular there. All I right. Really, well, if really you're on it. Skillshare or you join with me, friend me on Skillshare. I guess I didn't even know that was a thing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I we, you know it. we undersell it here. We undersell it here, but it's it's a pr it's a pretty good setup. So there you go. Yeah. I'll check back in next week. It'll be great. Okay. <laughs> now we move on to potentially uh, everyone's favorite part of the show. Whitney, are you ready? I am ready as I'll ever be. Okay. Here we go. Figure it out, asshole. We're going to find out who's who. I mean, I'd peg a set of D minus for this kind of thing. Keeping you at a disadvantage is an advantage I intend to keep. Think you can win on talent alone? You don't have enough talent to win on talent alone. I honestly, I don't remember, okay? Ask about horses again, I'll slap you red. You love that oh. horses part. <laughs> hey! That was it's fun! such a stupid... <laughs> <laughs> it's literally because it has the word ask in the sentence. That's why yeah. I chose it. That's yeah. fine. It's fine. Uh, no, it's just funny to me. Like, I cannot help but go beat red and giggle uncontrollably when the when, is he hot segment plays. But I can yeah. hear you think that horse thing is funny. Even when you don't make a noise, I could still hear it of you <laughs> so thinking the horse stupid. comment is funny. In that. I love, I love it. it. It's, it's, it's adorable. Like, oh, thank you. It's like, it's a very funny. Uh, it can't change now. That is our theme song. You know, like it's it's not subject to to further change. It's just like pop quiz asshole on Cool Breeze. It is locked in. But I do uh, I do enjoy that. In case you didn't know, this is Figure It Out Asshole, which is our very own quiz show where the host will ask Whitney and I three questions. If if one of us gets it wrong, the other has a chance to steal, assuming they remember the remaining answer. Past few weeks, it's gotten a little dicey. I got to be honest. Uh, we've almost lost. And what does it mean to lose? We have no idea. Uh, we don't know. The consequences could be staggering. It's bad. It could be bad. Mm -hmm. But with all that, I guess we'll find out. <laughs> I'd like to Hopefully now introduce... Hopefully we won't. <laughs> Here's our master of ceremonies, Charles Nolan. Hello, everybody. Hey, Charles. Hello, Charles. How are all of you doing today? Do it all right. Great. Yeah. This is a much earlier recording. So I'm like, I feel more awake. I feel more, I don't know. Just Oh, I different. think this is the least awake I've ever been for <laughs> one of our podcasts. <laughs> You're hiding it well. You're hiding it well. Thank you. <laughs> well, then let's just jump right into it. Can I, um, this is going to, uh, just a very brief distraction really quickly here. Just, just one moment. Uh, Lane Train, you've got... Another thing, man. <laughs> All right. I couldn't hold it in more. All right. The one thing I did like, uh, like make, that I thought made Cool Breeze Over the Mountain better, I mean, don't get me wrong. We had Adam Gormley and Whitney yes, on there, and, and that really made the show great. But Mr. Charles Nolan, Mr. Jeopardy himself, <laughs> Cool Breeze Over the Mountain, and... The, the the show was twenty times better with Mr. Nolan at the helm of 
the podcast. You know, he, he uh-huh. just brought it better. <laughs> Thank you so much, Lane Train. That's very kind of you. Andrew, it's Andrew. It's not Adam. It's Andrew. <laughs> it's just, it's an exciting time. Sorry, Charles. Go ahead. It is. Yeah, Charles. Let's, Let's go. start off. Question number one goes to Whitney. Yes. Malcolm is listening to the radio at the very beginning of the movie, which is discussing a hurricane with winds gusting at what speed? Oh, no. Was it 60 miles per hour, 70 miles per hour, 80 miles per hour, or 90 miles per hour? God. 70 miles per hour. That is incorrect. Steel. Andrew or Adam, however (laughs) you want to say it. (laughs) I'm going to go with 60 miles per hour. That is incorrect. No. It's a bad start. It's a bad start indeed. It was 90 miles per hour. That's a a bad start. Yeah. Okay. That's a lot of miles. That's a lot of miles (laughs) per hour. (laughs) Moving on to Andrew. Okay. When Malcolm originally arrives back to work, Kathy is working on a story in which what pet mauled a man's wife? Was it a bobcat, a jaguar, an ocelot, or a panther? Uh, I think I remember this one. I'm going to go with Ocelot. That is correct. Yeah. It's just a that weird animal. That was one I, I actually knew. Yeah, no, yeah. I remembered Ocelot clearly. I was like, who has an Ocelot? Probably not that man anymore. <laughs> fair, fair. Uh, Moving on to Whitney. Yes. What is the name of the hurricane that is approaching? Was it Annie, Bonnie, Connie, or Danny? Annie. That is correct. Nicely done. Got that one. That one I knew. All right. All right. Moving on to Andrew. What month is usually what the mean season refers to? Is it June, July, August, or September? Uh, Just because they're in... I'm going to say August. That is incorrect. Steel? Whitney. July? That is correct. Well done. (laughs) Well done. Keeping the void at bay. We'll see how well that continues. (laughs) Oh, boy. Back to Whitney. Yes. The note in the back pocket of the first victim was folded how many times? Oh, my gosh. One, two, three, or four? Three? That is incorrect. Steel. Andrew. I think... I'm going to go with one. That is correct. Yes. 
All right. All right. We're doing it. All right. <laughs> Andrew. Let's go. The third time the killer calls Malcolm, he's bouncing a ball against the phone booth. The ball has blue and white lightning bolts across it. What is the color of the rest of the ball? God damn it. Was it green, black, yellow, or red? <laughs> oh, boy. Let's go with... <laughs> Let's go with... um Red. That is correct. Yes! Whew. Yes! Crushing it. Oh my god. 100% of a guess. Oh god. <laughs> Even guesses count as right answers. <laughs> Perfect. On that note, Whitney. Yes. When the newspaper displaying the fourth victim headline appears, there are articles that are visible that oh, are just my god. random text modules that frequently appear for filler. Which of the following sentences isn't one used in that paper? Oh boy. The facts regarding the situation remain the same, state the authorities. What? Many persons feel that some legal action is forthcoming. Future plans will, of necessity, have great bearing on the situation oh as it now stands. What have we done? Or... This was reflected in the instruments adopted by the conference. I think that last one, the instruments, is, is the one that was not used. Oh, it was. Oh. That is incorrect. <laughs> God damn it. All right, before I forget, I'm going to say many persons feel that some legal action is forthcoming. That's my answer. I am very impressed that you remembered that, but it is also incorrect. God damn it. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that was Future a... plans will, of necessity, have great bearing on the situation as it now stands. <laughs> Is commonly used text module filler text, but was not used in that newspaper. Oof. Okay. Oh, that ramped up. That escalated quickly is what I would <laughs> it <did>. say. <laughs> it did. Andrew. Okay. When Malcolm is on the news, we see the Channel News 7 camera. There's a question written on that camera. What is it? Oh. Is it, are you live? Is your mic on? Are you sitting up straight? Or are you smiling? Oh, that's interesting. Uh, I'm going to say, is your mic on? That is correct. Yeah. That was also going to be my guess, but I did not see that when I was watching the movie. I didn't see it either, but that's a thing that I actually ask everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so when I do my actual job. So there you go. <laughs> it is an important question. <laughs> Another important question back up to Whitney. Yep. How late is the Tobacco Road Liquor Bar open until? Oh, my God. Was it 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m., or 5 a.m.? 4 a.m.? That is incorrect. Uh, let me go with 
five seems excessive. Two is not enough. Three. I'm going to go with three. That is incorrect. No! I don't know how many. It was 5 a.m. Oh, that's excessive. Oh, my goodness. For the final question of regulation, figure it out, asshole. Andrew. Okay. How young do you have to be to ride free at the original Coopertown airboat ride? Oh, Oh my my God. God. (laughs) Was it four and under, five and under, six and under, or seven and under? I'm going six and under. Final answer. (laughs) That is correct. Nice. (laughs) Nice. We now move on to the bonus round of Figure It Out, Asshole. In the bonus round, questions are posed generally, and the contestants get to buzz in and guess their answers first. Let's hear those buzzer sounds, starting with Whitney. Me. And moving on to Andrew. Bzz. Fantastic. Bonus round, question number one. What brand bug spray does Michael Hilson have on his table? Was it Raid, Off, Cutter, or Repel? Me. Whitney. Raid. That is correct. Nicely done. (laughs) See, you knew it. And you didn't jump the gun. I waited this time. <laughs> I waited. It was so hard. I am so proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> Bonus round question number two. When the killer calls Malcolm at home for the first time, what is the name of the hotel he's standing outside of? Was it Shoreview, Shorecrest, Shoreside? Or sure long. Me. <laughs> Ooh. Andrew groaned first, but I heard the full buzz from Whitney first. Shorecrest? That is correct. Nice. I was gonna go sure side. I would have been wrong anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and the final question. Unless we have a tie, which is possible. Oh, boy. How many airboats did they take to meet Alan in the glades? Was it three, four, five, or six? Andrew. Five. That is incorrect. Damn it. Uh, me? Whitney. Four? That is correct. Nicely done. All right. All right. I thought I remembered like a kind of a diamond pattern when I was trying to visualize it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's good. It's a good mnemonic device. It is indeed. That also brings us to a tiebreaker question. <laughs> oh. As the score is five to five to three. All right. Oh, no. For our tiebreaker question. Each contestant will give me an answer closest without going over wins. Oh, okay. All right. I love it. How much 
did this movie make in its opening weekend <laughs> oh in god. US and Canada? Oh US my god. In, in North America. Um, god. Closest without going over. <laughs> How much did movies make back then? I have no idea. I'm going to say uh, $1.1 million. I'm going to say $800,000. Okay. The correct answer was $1,560,591. That's pretty darn close, Andrew. That was very close. That does mean that Andrew is our winner. Yes! And you were meant to be here tonight. Oh, God, the fanfare. The fanfare. Soak it in. Drink it in. Doing a couple laps. Yeah. Getting my steps in today. Luxuriate in the glow of being a winner. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. I tear up every time I hear that fanfare. (laughs) I'm kidding. I don't have tear ducts. (laughs) It's now time for Figure It Out Audience, where you listening at home can play along. I will ask questions each episode, and you get to tweet to me at the Nolan on Twitter with your answers, or pop your answers in the Discord to get shouted out on the next episode. Nice. Last episode's questions were, how many seconds pass from when Jack pulls up in the cab to when he finds the trio in Hazel's house, the anxiety growing exponentially? The correct answer was 80 seconds. Nobody got that right. The second question was, what words are sewn into the lapel of the outfit Kay is wearing when Jack comes home? No one got that one right either. The correct answer was Ice Dream. Ice Dream? Mm. Ice Dream. Interesting. I like it. Very interesting indeed. Our two questions for this episode are... When News Channel 7 is on in the bar talking about Malcolm, a neon sign for what beer is visible in the reflection of the TV? Oof. And question two, what is the name of the paper that Malcolm is working for at the end of the film? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good Mm -hmm. question. Send your answers to me at the Nolan T H E W. Nope, that's not right. Let's try that again. <laughs> at T H E N O W L I N on Twitter, or use the hashtag Figure It Out Audience. And if you're right, you'll get shouted out in the next episode. Love it, love it. Whew. You know, I feel like the games. Are are getting closer. The void has the void's stepped up. A little too much power. Yeah, I yeah. I don't know if it's that the the pandemic has ruined our brains, <laughs> or if it's that the void is stepping it up. But either way, it's scary. You have nothing to be afraid of, <laughs> especially when the void takes you. Yikes! I, I misspoke. That. You have nothing to be afraid of. 
All right. Well, you know, with that, I, Charles, I got to thank you for being here. It's uh, it's always a pleasure. It seems like a lot of work, but it's, you know, uh, a thanks for showing bit up. Less of a pleasure every time we get close <laughs> to we, the, the void more we learn, but, the more we learn. You know, yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is always so much fun. It's incredible. Yeah. Highlight of the show. Highlight of the show. I hope that you both have a wonderful day. And Lane Train, you as well. <laughs> and of course, all our listeners. Of course, of course. You too, you too. Sorry, I, I'm going to uh, hear, let's, one more time here. One more time for the last time. Here we go. Lane Train, you're on the air. You know, I got, you know, I got to tell you, I mean, it gets better every time. I mean, <laughs> and I, I, I want to tell you something, Andrew. I, I apologize for calling the Adam. I know you kill for less. I mean, you are a man amongst boys on here. The only reason you allowed the void to get that close was because you wanted to give everyone else false hope. <laughs> it ain't even fair. I mean, I, I tell you, I just win. I'm telling you, just when I think this show can't get any better, you guys uh -huh. step the bar up. Look, we we do what we can. And we do our I'm, best. You know. I'm just glad that it works for you, Lane Train. Yeah, that's really it. It's, hey, it's, I, I just got one question, though. Sure. I just got one question, though. All right, so when you guys get uh -huh. to the early 90s and you guys do backdraft, I want to be counted in on Figure It Out, asshole, because that, oh. that, that is my movie. That's, oh, okay. Interesting. All right, well, here's what I'll do. I'll write that down, and uh, maybe I can figure out a way to make that happen. So we'll see about that. You know I, I like what you guys bring to the table. That needs to be said. All right. All right. Thanks, Lane Train. Backdraft. You're welcome, guys. All right. Have a good one, buddy. <laughs> you too. <sighs> is Lane Train driving? Is I, think, I think so. <laughs> I believe I Lane Train signal? is currently in transit, yes. Focus on the road. Just have a good time. But, you know, be safe. Be safe. Yeah. <laughs> Just text me. Yes, I am. <laughs> Oh, no. Okay. Safety is massively important. Please Charles. stay safe. Charles is Charles. still here. Charles, I thought you were in the void. Oh, my goodness. I was starting to get comfortable, and then <laughs> here you are. I will go back to the void now. Okay, good. Oh, that was a good, okay. All right. <sighs> my goodness. What a what a show it's been. What a, what a show it's been. <laughs> Boy, as right. I said, yeah, there now is let's no deep take 30 dive. seconds to tell you what happens in this movie. I'm literally going to read what it says on Wikipedia. And if you, um, if if you as a listener feel so inclined to really flesh this out, I encourage you to, to sign up for Wikipedia and do so because I did not, I did not feel like it. I uh, will never feel like it, right? Not maybe not for this one, but bless again. the hearts of every Wikipedia editor and contributor. Um, but that is not a fun activity for me. No, the same. Likewise, you got to <laughs> learn all that markdown code. I'm not into that. Uh, Malcolm Anderson is a reporter for a Miami newspaper who is burned out from years of covering the worst crimes in the city. He promises his girlfriend, Christine, that they will move away from the city, 
but ends up covering a series of grisly murders by a serial killer who calls, telling the reporter that he will kill again. Then a very subjective, the lines between (laughs) covering the story and becoming part of it are blurred. So, (laughs) the end. (laughs) (laughs) I think... I think we sufficiently covered what the what the vibe of this movie is, so it, yeah, we don't have I to think, go into I the plot. I think when we talked about it, our our you know initial impressions and whatever, we talked about the kidnapping of the girlfriend and the fan boat chase and the Everglades and sliding around on your shoes on the courtroom floor. Yeah, so you get what happens. <laughs> you got we we gave you everything, the tiniest detail down to the largest, and again. All of our, anything we compared it to, it's also that. So, there. Uh, But this one has Kurt Russell where the other ones don't. So, maybe that does it for you. That's a key. That's a key element. That's it. That's it. If you're here, you probably do factor that in. (laughs) Whitney. Yeah. This is is interesting. Do you ultimately recommend this film? Uh, sure. Look at that. Look at that. Okay. I am I'm also going to recommend it. I don't know that I'd go out of my way to recommend it, but I do think that if somebody is like at home sick and looking for like a crime sort of a thing, I I would say, "Hey, you could check out The Mean Season." Yeah. That feels that feels right. But I, but I'm not going to be like, "Hey everybody on Twitter." <laughs> Film Twitter. Go watch The Mean Season. No. Yeah. Like I said, I'm never, I have no intention of ever watching this movie again when there are so many other movies that do the same thing and mm-hmm. better and, mm-hmm. you know, with more visual flourishes or whatever. But mm-hmm. it's, it's not, it's not a not recommend. I'll say that. Like, I, I certainly do recommend it at least once for the Kurt Russell enthusiasts. Yeah, just just for like the completionists out there. There's definitely movies that were like even if you are a completionist, skip it. <laughs> Don't waste your time. It's not even so bad, it's good. You know, we've had those kind of moments before, but mm. this is not I'm not mad I watched it. There you go. Go watch it if you're, you know, want to see everything in the oeuvre. <laughs> In the hoofra. <laughs> now comes something that I love. I love to mm-hmm. see where this is going to happen, uh, what's going to happen next. So where are you going to rank this in your Kurt Russell, your official etched in stone, not really, <laughs> Kurt Russell movie rankings? I had a hard time with that because I think that this was better than some movies on the list. Mm-hmm. But I also think I'm not going to ever watch it again. And there's a chance that I might with some on the list. So I I kind of, my gut for ranking these is always, like, go down the list. If you had these two movies in front of me, which Mm -hmm. would I pick? If you have the computer wore tennis shoes and you have the mean season, which would I pick? Um, And that puts this between swing shift and used cars. Interesting. Okay. For me. So that's that's down at um, number six. There you go. On the list. Um, 
Yeah, I would rather watch The Thing, Escape from New York, Silkwood, The Computer War Tennis Shoes, and Swing Shift before I watch this one again. But I do think I would rather watch this one again than Used Cars. <laughs> that checks out. Based yeah. on your feelings about Used Cars, that I didn't checks love it. Out. I didn't yeah. love Used Cars, so there you have it. What's yours? Yeah, for this one specifically, I had to do the same exact thing that you did, knowing that I was like, Go down the list is like, would I watch this again? Would I watch this again? Like, I I definitely think this movie is better than the computer wore tennis shoes. Just like factually. But I think I would rather watch the computer wore tennis shoes again over watching this one again. So, yes, exactly. So in that regard, following that same exact criteria, for me, this film comes in at number nine, just after Swing Shift um, and above. Now you see him. Now you don't. Uh, okay. So in the top 10, but barely. Mm-hmm. There we go. I'm logging I mean, that as such. you are a little bit more overall uh, forgiving of some of these movies. I find it very interesting. Basically yeah. anything after Silkwood, I'm like, don't watch any of them. I mean, the computer <laughs> or tennis shoes I like. Because it's a Disney movie, and I like Disney movies. And Swing Shift I like because it's, you know, a fun period thing. But Mm -hmm. um, most of these I don't think anyone should go see. So, like, my top five is barely even a top five. Swing Shift should not be in my top five. But (laughs) it is. Charm because there's nothing goes else a to long put way in it. for me. It does. So that's what, you know, if if a movie is not that great, but it's charming, I'm like, well, it gets, some, it gets graded on a curve as a result. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it happens. Mm-hmm. And again, we'll have a reckoning coming up where some of this might shift around. But so far, I feel like I don't see anything on here where I'm like, this is egregious. It needs to be changed. But who knows? Maybe in retrospect. Yeah, I, I do think... I don't know, with with the barriers of time between me and Fool's Parade getting longer, I do think Fool's Parade should be a, just like one or two higher. Just one higher, really. It should be over used cars. Used cars is too high. <laughs> I think it's really more my feelings about used cars than it is about my feelings about <laughs> Fool's Parade. Right. Of course. Um, There's a movie that has some charm, right? Yeah, Fool's Parade. I don't know. It had it had something unique about it. Absolutely, I agree. So. That's why it's it's still pretty high for me too. It's um, yeah. it's up there. It's still in the top ten, at least for the foreseeable future. I'd say. But other than that, I stand by pretty much all of my picks and where they are. That's excellent. That's been logged. It's been logged as such. Mm-hmm. So, let's talk next episode. This is going to be another one that I've never even heard of. But you will be walking us through the film, The Best of Times. Mm-hmm. As always, we have uh, no hot clue. takes. I, we have hot takes from Claire's parents that I have not read yet, but they do. They do certainly exist. They're staying mm-hmm. two to three movies ahead of us, so that if they yeah. run into a scheduling snafu, you know, <laughs> they still have time to catch up, which is great. I have no idea about this movie. They're more organized than than we are <laughs> as far as watching and reporting on these movies. <laughs> right. It's not um, <laughs> it's not even up for debate, truly. Honestly, we should just get them in here and just stop. <laughs> Can we guest on y'all's podcast? Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
the current locker is now Claire's mom and Claire's dad with occasional Whitney and Andrew guesting. I'm game. I'm game for that. Let's go. <laughs> Claire, we put the call out. Let's mm-hmm. make, make it so in the words of uh, a card. Oh, my gosh. That's it. We did it. It's over. We're done. Mm-hmm. Whitney, you'll be uh, you'll be hard at work studying this week. But when mm-hmm. you poke your head up from Skillshare, where might people mm-hmm. find you on the Internet? I am on Twitter at Whitney underscore Nelson, N-E-L-S-E-N. And I am on Instagram at Whitney Nelson without the underscore. Um, but I mostly just post pictures of food and aminals. That's it. That's all yeah. one needs. That's My all pets. One needs. Uh, I you- love it. It's great for me. I can't speak for anyone else, but it's great for me. I'm into it. I like when people curate, you know, like if you if you look at social media as an escape and you curate it to be such, you know, the world is a very heavy and oppressive place sometimes. So if that's mm-hmm. the place that you want to use as an escape for yeah, a little bit I to see, see like a, an animal or a Stupid pets being stupid and pretty food that looks like I want to eat it. (laughs) Right. Then good on you. If that's what you've, if that's what you've made social media for you. Good Mm -hmm. on you. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think I probably follow more stupid animals than I do people on social media these days. That seems like the smart play to be quite (laughs) honest with you. So, you know, yeah, there are a lot of stupid people. Right. I'd rather mm-hmm. follow a, a derpy Stupid animal. animal. Yeah. <laughs> Way better. Uh, you could you could follow my stupidity on Twitter and Instagram <laughs> at Dark Driving if you want. I guess I should also encourage you, as Lane Train has already done, to go listen to Cool Breeze Over the Mountains if you want a, a, a huge backlog of episodes of Whitney and I and many other guests chatting about Keanu Reeves films. It's a great mm-hmm. time. I look fondly back on it. We're excited yeah. for when things like The Matrix uh, come out and the next John Wick and whatever Keanu else. I will uh, warn is, is up you to. with Cool Breeze. Things yeah. are far less middling at Cool Breeze Over oh, the Mountains. Yeah, that's true. Bad Things are way worse, and good things are so far way better. Uh, so far, we're we're very sort of middle of the road with a lot of the Kurt Russell movies, and I know mm-hmm. that's going to change as we as we get more into the you know his career. But I'm just going to warn you going into Cool Breeze, it is terrible or it is great, and there's not <laughs> nearly as much in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> It's literally the the worst film you've ever seen, <laughs> followed directly by a film that has changed cinema. Like there, <laughs> it's and you're like, how does it's I get whiplash? But I, yeah. it's Keanu. That's who he is. It's crazy. Yeah. So uh, do check us out there. It's, it, you know the personal endorse, endorsement of Lane Train. I think that that says it all. Really. So go check that out. We're done. We did it. We did I'm gonna press uh, press button here. Oh, that's low. There we go. Oh my gosh, I love this song. Whitney, thanks for hanging out. Lane Train, mm-hmm. thanks for hanging out. Thank you all for listening. And in the immortal words of Jack Burton, sit tight, hold the fort, and keep the home fires burning. <laughs>